0: Well, welcome to Church on the Rock, Homer. It's Sunday and it is sunny. Uh, If you are new here or if this is your first time, my name is Drew Simpson. I'm one of the pastors here. Uh, We would love to know uh, if you're new. uh, The best way to do that uh, is to uh, fill out a welcome card after the service. It's over at the info table. And even if you have a prayer request or a question Uh, you can talk with me, you could talk with uh, Aaron, uh, or you can fill out a welcome form. If that's more comfortable, we'll give you a call. Uh, And if you do that, fill out one of those cards, uh, we'll give you a gift that's from a ministry in India that we support that is awesome. We'd love to tell you about it, but you got to do that first. So, Um, and the last thing is, uh, if you were new, that On these mornings, we get to experience the love of Jesus. We get to celebrate him, encourage uh, one another, uh, and experience the love of Jesus. It's a time of being transformed by the power of his word uh, as we're together. So uh, we just finished uh, in the book of Job. We wrapped up last week, which was super awesome. And this week, we have a very, very special friend of ours uh, sharing with us um, just a message that God's put on his heart. I'm really excited. It's a time that God's going to meet us and encounter us through what He has to share with us. So, why don't you guys welcome up Bill Wilkinson? Give him a hand, everybody. <laughs> Bill, I'm just going to pray for you real quick, and I'll set you loose. That would be great. Jesus, I thank you for Bill. I ask that you would uh, uh, help him to speak uh, really clearly the things you've put on his heart. Thank you for this morning. Would you soften our hearts to hear your voice through your word, uh, that we would not just hear it, but we would uh, be transformed by it. Thank you, Jesus. Amen.
1: Amen. Yeah. Amen. Good morning. Let try that one more time. Good morning. Good morning. That sounds a little better. Uh, I am Bill Wilkinson. For those of you that don't know me. And I'm part of the B team speaking up here. B stands for Bill. Um, I am, I always like to let people know up front, I am a sinner saved by God's amazing grace and uh, that saved a wretch like me. I can really relate to that song. Any other sinners and wretches here this morning? We've got a few. So if you're new here today, look around all those hands. And uh, if you're somebody that's here and you're struggling and things in your life, uh, this is a place to be because you're surrounded by people who have struggles in their life, but found an answer in Jesus. That's that's a pretty exciting place to be. Uh, We're glad you're here this morning. Um, I really wanna challenge you today. I've been praying about this message. My prayer is always that God would give me the message to bring, but then he would also bring the people in the seats that he wants to hear that message. So let's trust today. I wanna challenge you that you would just come with an open heart today to hear God's word and with an open mind. Um, You know, at a missions conference a while back, I talked about Matthew 22. And this is where uh, the leaders of the day came to Jesus and they said in Matthew 22, verse 36 said, teacher, which is the great commandment in the law? And Jesus said to them, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your mind, or with all your soul, and with all your mind. And I shared with you how that was such a struggle for me in my early days as a Christian, you know, that idea of surrendering all to God. Because I wanted, you know, frankly, we want to keep control of things in our lives, don't we? And I shared with you what a, what a struggle that was for me. But the, the main focus of that was talking about the second part of that verse. And it says, and a second, meaning a second commandment is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. And we talked about that a little bit. I want to talk about that, kind of expound on that a little bit today. Because one thing I'm realizing, if any of you ever get on social media, you begin to realize that this whole love your neighbor idea, it's maybe not as easy as we think. And I I think social media, I get on some of these different ones at times, Facebook, man, it's, it's like a window to the soul of people, isn't it? You see people getting on there and uh, they, they kind of air their dirty laundry a lot on there. It always surprises me some of the stuff that uh, people will put on there, the, the struggles they have with people. So let's, let's be honest with each other here. Now this is the audience participation part. How many of you, raise your hand, have friends or coworkers or people in your life that frankly, sometimes it's a struggle just to be around them, right? Man, there's a lot of hands, right? All right, now, okay, let's be honest with each other now. How many of you have family that it's a struggle to just be around sometimes, right? Yeah, a lot of hands. I'm with you on that. Who has family again, who has family? Come up here and tell me about it. No, 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 I'm just kidding, I'm just kidding just see me afterwards. I'd like to hear it. Okay. But we, boy, we'd love to hear those juicy tidbits. No way. That's, you know, we see somebody raise their hand. We want to go talk to them afterwards. But you know, it's, it's a struggle for us. It's a struggle often to just get along with people. And I know a man once, I still know him now, but he, he did not talk to his brother for eight years. And I asked him, I said, why don't you talk to your brother? He couldn't remember. And I later talked to the brother and I said, why don't you guys talk? What happened? He didn't remember. Here's two guys that their family was divided for eight years and neither one of them could remember why. That's the insanity of the stuff that goes on sometimes. You know, God, God places such a great importance on the idea of unity and on reconciling and on restoring relationships. And in our lives, a lot of times as Christians, we really trust God. I mean, if we're sick, man, we're down on our knees and Lord, heal me. I know you can heal me. I'm trusting you for healing me. And if we've got, you know, financial difficulties, we're down on our knees and Lord, just, open up the windows of heaven and pour out such a blessing like your word talks about, because I need it now. But it's kind of funny because in relationships, that's kind of the area where we don't always trust God. And we tend to go to other people when we should be going to God to solve the problems in those relationships. Why is that? I mean, when you look at uh, Matthew 19, verse 26, This is where Jesus is talking and he's talking about how it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than it is for a rich man to get into heaven. And the people say, well, who can get into heaven then? And Jesus answers them in verse 26. It says, Jesus looked at them and said, with man, this is impossible, but with God, all things are possible. Can I get an amen on that? all things are possible. With God, all things are possible. And that applies to what? To all, to everything, right? Even relationships in your life. And whenever I talk to people about that, you know, I, I always, I, butts get in the way. It's, you know, but Bill, you don't understand. But Bill, you don't know my neighbor. But Bill, you don't know my spouse. Bill, you don't know the people I have to work with. But butt, 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 butt. And I always tell people, don't let your butts get in the way of relationships with people. Am I allowed? Can I say that? Thank you. You know, the Bible says that a king's heart is like a stream in God's hand and he can turn it wherever he wants. God can move in relationships. I had that happen. I've shared with you some of the story about uh, when Susan and I, when we were coming up here and I worked for PNC Corporation, the corporation has about 35,000 employees. And for us to be able to come up here, we needed to, we'd been downsizing, downsizing, simplifying. And God was getting us ready. We didn't know it. But we needed to upsize our house to be able to do the ministry we're doing and bring pastors and missionaries into our home. And for that to happen... We needed my company to do a buyout program that would allow me to retire early. They did not have a program like that. No company like them had a program like that. And my boss talked to the guy that I work with and they were talking and he said, do you think they'll do a buyout program for Bill? My boss said, no way, not gonna happen. They'll never do it, it will never happen. And I looked at this guy in my office and I said, you know, the Bible says a king's heart is like a stream in the hand of God, and he can turn it whichever way he wants. And I said, I think God's gonna show you that he can not only turn a king's heart, but he can turn the CEO of a major corporation. I get chills just telling this story because 30 days later, they announced the program that it would allow me to retire early. 10, 15 years early. And the significant part of that is we could not afford a mortgage when we came up here. And that program that they came out with came in four payments. The last payment I just got this month, which will allow us to pay off our house and not have a mortgage. That's a God thing. You can applaud about not having a mortgage too. That's a good thing. But it's an amazing thing that God... God made that happen because, you know, there's 35,000 employees. There are 1,000 employees eligible for that program. You know how many signed up for it? One person in two years took advantage of that program. Do you think God specially designed that program? I sure do. So God, our God's the God of unity. He's He's about reconciling people together. He's about restoration, but we have an enemy, don't we? We have an enemy and he's about dividing people. The one we call the devil, Satan, he's about dividing. And I mean, that's what he does. If you think about what, what Satan does, he's like driving a wedge between people. And that's all he does. He's always coming in, trying to drive. That's what he did in the beginning, right? He left heaven with what? A third of the angels dividing. And then he went into the Garden of Eden and said, here's a relationship with God and Adam and Eve. I'm going to start driving a wedge in between them. And not just God and Adam and Eve, between Adam and Eve themselves. Because what happened? God came down and said, you ate the fruit. What happened? And Adam said, it was the woman that you gave me like she made me do it. I think there was a little wedge in there. Can you imagine what dinner was like the next night for Adam and Eve? I mean, here they are, Adam just, they're sitting there eating their vegetables. And he, I think at some point Eve had to look at him and say, by the way, thanks for throwing me under the bus. And I know what Adam was thinking. What's a bus? <laughs> but see, that enemy uses anger and bitterness and resentment things to drive a wedge. And we just finished talking about Job. You know, and, and I love Job and his friends when they came. His friends were awesome. He's hurt and he's lost everything. He's lost his family. His wife's turned against him. He's lost all his wealth. And these friends came and what did they do? They sat with him for seven days. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine going and sitting with Aaron or Skip for seven days? It's amazing. And they didn't speak. There's a good lesson for us there that sometimes it's just good to just be there. There's a good lesson about listening too. You know, when I was in business, 32 years, a very, the best advice I've ever gotten in business, if, if you have a business or if you deal with customers, best advice I ever got, write this down, tell your friends. The advice was in the first year, they said, if you are speaking with a customer and you've been speaking for two minutes and you haven't heard from that customer, you need to stop and ask a question. There's some good, you just, this was the business advice portion of our message this morning. If you've been speaking for two minutes and you haven't heard from the customer, stop and ask a question. Best advice. That's great relationship advice. Because when you're sitting there yapping, 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 two minutes, stop. Ask a question. But Job's friends, they did good until they opened their mouth. You know, and then people say they opened their mouth and then it went south because that's what happened. All of a sudden, they opened their mouths. Instead of supporting him, they started finger pointing. They did what I I call it, putting on your junior Holy Spirit badge, you know? know? Let me tell you guys. Let me tell you what's wrong with you. I'll tell you what's wrong with you and you and you. I'll tell you everything you did. I'm not just going to tell you what you did. I'm going to tell you what you did in the past. And I'm gonna bring it up and I'm gonna make you get on the guilt train. Chugga, 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 chug. How many kids are here? Do a train whistle for me. That's a little bit weak. One more. That's it. That's the guilt train right there that you're hearing. Okay. And that's what happens. We put on our junior Holy Spirit badge and we gotta remember, our job is to do what with people? Love them, right? Whose job is it to convict of sin? The Holy Spirit. There's no such thing as being the junior Holy Spirit. That's not our job. But that's what they did. They jumped on that bandwagon and started going. Be careful, people. Be careful when you, when you start pointing your fingers at other people. You know, it, it, I was thinking about this message, and I, I started thinking, it. It really is an amazing miracle of God that any of us can get along when you look at the Bible. Because what's the Bible say about our heart? Our heart is what? Desperately wicked. Turn to somebody next to you and say, my heart's desperately wicked. So no, Bible says no man can tame the tongue, right? Now it says about the tongue, the tongue is a restless evil full of poison. Look at the person next to you and say, your tongue is a restless evil full of poison. (laughs) And we are what? We are sinners, aren't we? And sinners do what? They sin. I mean, it's a miracle of God that some of us can tolerate the person sitting next to us. Even this morning in church. But God does an amazing thing. Turn to the person next to you and say, but there's good news. The good news is you have power. And the good news is in Ezekiel gives us such a great description. This is hundreds of years before Jesus. He gives us such a great description of what happens when we turn our hearts over to Jesus. Read this with me. I will give you a new heart and a new spirit I will put within you. I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and be careful to obey my rules. Do you hear that? I will put my spirit within you. God's spirit comes within you. And remember when Jesus is talking about when the Holy Spirit comes and you shall receive power. And that power in your life is power to overcome sin. It's power to overcome addictions in your life It's power to overcome things like anger, and resentment, and disappointment. It gives us the power to love people who are not very lovable. Everybody loves the lovable people. It's, we show God's love when we love the people who aren't very lovable. And that Holy Spirit, when he comes in us, he molds us and he shapes us and he changes us day by day, more into the image of Jesus. And that's how we can strengthen and encourage and and love and bless one another. I mean, what a a great transformation from from desperately wicked hearts over here to a heart that can show love and bless other people. But even then, sometimes we get mad, don't we? Any, Any of you guys ever get mad? Anybody ever get mad? Just a couple of you. Me and a couple others of you. Maybe you got mad on the way to church. I shared with you before that our friends back in Ohio had three little girls and they talked about the worst part of their day was getting ready for church. Because they had three little girls under the age of 10 and they were fighting and bickering every Sunday morning. Then they'd get in the van and they'd fight and they'd bicker all the way to church. They'd get to church and mom would turn around in the van and go, all right, you guys, get out of here, put a smile on, and go in there and pretend like you love each other. That's that's what they did. They were really a a sweet, sweet, wonderful family. They really were. (laughs) They just struggled getting to church. But love your neighbor. You know, loving your neighbor is a lot easier to realize when you remember God tells us we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. There's an enemy out there that wants to divide you we tend to go head to head with people or we tend to go to other people and talk about that person. We need to remember there's an enemy that wants to divide us. So I wanna talk about four things today, four things to help us love somebody when they're not very lovable. And then I wanna talk about something that we need to stop and something we need to start, okay? So how do we love our friends, our spouses, our, our fellow students, our coworkers, our neighbors when they're not very level? Number one, we need to realize the worth of that person because that husband or that wife that you are angry at or that sister, that brother that you're distanced from, that you resent, that student at school that you don't like. The coworker that just rubs you the wrong way and irritates and chews their potato chips too loud. That neighbor that just annoys you. Guess what? Jesus came to earth, suffered on the cross, and died for that very person that you're thinking about. He died for them. We need to remember the value of that person, that God in heaven, his son Jesus, came down and died for that person. Puts it in a different perspective, doesn't it? And he says he even knit them together in his mother's womb, just like he did you. It's amazing. Next thing, love the unlovable. We need to pray for them. Praying for someone is attitude changing, okay? Now, in uh, James 5.16, it says, therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. And that healing is not just physical healing. I mean, we're talking about emotional healing and overcoming the things in your life. But it says, the prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. I love that verse. You've had, heard me talk about it before. What a, what a powerful verse that is. When we're praying, there's great power when it's working. The power, though, is not just in the person that's being prayed for. The power is in the person changing who's praying. Because when you pray for somebody that you're not, frankly, really crazy about, it'll change your attitude. Part of that power is going to change you. You want to, you have somebody you're struggling with in your life and you want to change your attitude. Here's my challenge to you. Take that person, get out your prayer list and put them on the top of your prayer list. And every day when you start your prayers, you pray that God would bless them, that God would grant them favor, that God would work in their life and that they would come to know Jesus. I guarantee you'll see something happen in their life, but more importantly, you'll see something happen in your life when you start to pray for that person. Our problem is we tend to talk about that person that's not very lovable more to other people than we talk to God about them. We need to pray for them. Next thing, choose to show love in your thoughts, your words, and your actions. Love your neighbor. Okay, now that word love in there, do we have any like English people around here? Not not you all speak English, but any like English majors? That word love, what is that? What kind of word is that? It's a verb, right? It's an action. It's not something that just shows up, that it's something, love, he's saying love your neighbor. He's saying take an action, do something. Go out and show love to that neighbor. We need to start thinking of ways about that person that show love. We need to think of ways we can show love to them. We need to think loving thoughts about them. We need to start doing things and speaking words that show love. I went outside my front door a week or two ago and here's a white truck in my driveway. Here's a guy pulling a snowblower off the back of his truck. It was Dwayne Nussbaum. I'm like, what are you doing? He's like, I'm going to snowblow your driveway. And we got a long driveway. Boy, talk about showing love to a neighbor. Now I happen to like Dwayne. He's not one of the unlovable. And I hope he doesn't think of me as the unlovable neighbor. But think about that. If you did that for a neighbor that you're struggling with, if you loaded up your snowblower and you went over and Cloud his driveway? Hmm. We need to choose to show love in our thoughts, our words, and our actions. Fourth thing we need to do, we need to forgive quickly. This is a struggle. I mean, this is a struggle for all of us. In Ephesians 4, verse 26, it says, Be angry and do not sin. Now, the interesting part for that, you know, a lot of times we think being angry is a problem. You should never be angry, right? That's not what God says here. He says, there's a time. There is a time to be angry. There's a time for righteous anger. But he says, be angry and do not sin. And look at that next part. Do not let the sun go down on your anger. Give no opportunity to the devil. So there's kind of a little correlation there. Don't let the sun go down on your anger and don't give an opportunity to the devil. And what's the devil going to do? When you carry that anger, what happens? He's going to start driving wedges. And that's what happens with people. That's why brothers don't talk to each other for eight years because somebody got angry, somebody got angry and they didn't deal with it right then. They went to bed that night and they got up angry the next day. And then they were angry. And then anger turned into bitterness. And the Bible says in Hebrews 12, that no root of bitterness springs up and causes trouble and by it, many are defiled. You know why many are defiled? Because when I'm angry and I start to get bitter about it, I usually don't hold it in, do I? I'm going to go talk to you I'm going to talk to you. I'm going to go all through the back row. I'm going to tell them who I'm angry at, why I'm angry at, and what a knucklehead that person is that I'm angry at. And I'm going to bring all kinds of people into the, that's why God says, be angry, don't sin. Don't let the sun go down on your anger. And it's kind of like, you know, if when we come to know Jesus, it's kind of like he sticks a faucet in us, if you can imagine that. You got this faucet coming out of your heart and that Holy Spirit that comes in us, that Holy Spirit has fruit, right? And what's the fruit of the Spirit? Love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, kindness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. And those things are just spewing out, right? Because the Holy Spirit's in there, spewing out. But when we get angry and we let the sun go down and it turns into bitterness, that valve starts to turn a little bit because now it's not, it's not just love, joy, and peace coming out. It's bitterness and anger. And it kind of stifles the flow of some of that good stuff coming out. Be careful, people. Forgive quickly. The last two things I want to talk about, something we need to stop and something we need to start. But these two things are gonna show you the value that God places on unity, on restoration, on reconciliation. The first thing is stop sowing discord. Now, for those of you that are in here, sowing, I'm not talking about needle and thread, okay? For young people, what I'm talking about is sowing. Sowing is what a farmer does when he takes seed and he throws it out. That kind of sewing, But discord, the dictionary describes it as disagreement between people. And that's what sometimes we do is we start sewing, we start throwing out disagreement between people. Because when we're angry at somebody, we start going and telling other people. Well then, then they're angry. I mean, I could go over here and get the whole Veldstra nap row I could get them angry at somebody over here. And the problem is I got that whole row, I got them fired up. They're mad, I'm mad, they're mad, we're all mad. And we start talking to each other about how mad we are because of what this person did. And the problem is what happens is I can go over and eventually I get reconciled with this person and I'm okay. But I've got 11 other people over here, led by Grandpa Knapp, who are mad and there's a division there and that's not good you know God hates that that sowing disagreement between people you say to yourself how do you know that how do you know what God likes well the Bible tells me so Proverbs chapter 6 verse 16 there's six things the Lord hates seven are an abomination to him haughty eyes a lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that devises wicked plans, feet that haste to run to evil, a false witness who breathes out lies. It's interesting, lies are in there twice. But the last one, one who sows discord among brothers. (coughs) We need to stop that is one of the most damaging things to people, to relationships. It's damaging to me when I do it, it's damaging to the people who receive it, and it's damaging to the other person that I'm angry at. And it's damaging to our witness about the hope that's found in Jesus. We need to stop sowing discord. You know, God when he when we come to know Jesus and he takes our sin and the Bible says he takes our sin as far as the east is from the west, right? He's never going to remember it against us again. But we tend to hold on to things. And it's almost like we, we, sometimes we, when we having trouble with somebody, we get in our little Jetson, little power spaceship, and we go, and we go out and we get that sin and we bring it back. Say, let me tell you, let me tell the Veldsters and the Naps about this person, their sin, what they did. Now see, God has has forgiven them. He's taken it as far as the east is from the west. Who am I to bring it back and continue to bring it up, to talk about it, what they did yesterday or a week ago or a year ago or 10 years ago? God unites people. The enemy divides people. Let me ask you a question. When you're doing this, God unites people. The enemy wants to divide people. When you're so in discord, you're driving wedges between people. Whose team are you working for? It's a powerful statement, isn't it? Whose team are you working for? That's a powerful thought. Worship team, you can go ahead and come up. It's the first time I've ever remembered to do that. (laughs) Something we need to start doing. That's what we need to stop. Stop sowing discord. Something we need to start doing. We need to start taking care of business. I was thinking somebody was gonna break out into a chorus at that point, taking care of business. Every day, taking care of business. Who sang that song? Who is it? Bachman Turner Overdrive, 1973. Taking care of business. That's what what we need to, did you say Killy over here? Did you guys say Killy? (laughs) That was good. That's their dog taking care of business. Matthew 5, 23, 24 says, listen to this. This is such a powerful image of how God thinks about unity. If you're offering your gift at the altar and there you remember that your brother has something against you, leave your gift at the altar. Go first be reconciled to your brother and then come and offer your gift. That's how important this is to God. God wants your worship. God wants your praise. God wants your gifts. But you know what God says? If you're bringing that to the altar and you remember that somebody has something against you, stop. Go Be reconciled to your brother first. Then come. Then bring your gift. Then bring your gift of worship, your gift of praise. Be reconciled first. You know, I shared this before. And the first time I ever stood up and preached a sermon, I was talking about this verse. And on the way to church that day, God said, you know, Bill, there's somebody you need to call on the way to church to preach about this verse. And there was a time when I wasn't walking with the Lord and I had to pick up the phone on the way to church to preach about this sermon. And I had to call my ex-wife and say, you know what? I've never told you I'm sorry for my part, for what I did. And I need to tell you today that I'm sorry. And I need to ask your forgiveness. And There was a lot of tears on the way to church and a lot of healing that happened. But I couldn't go. I couldn't go and bring that worship, bring that gift, bring that message when God's saying you need to go be reconciled first. You know, Aaron, in December of this last year, he was preaching a sermon in 2 Corinthians 5. And in that message, the verse said, from God who reconciled reconciled us to himself through Christ. So God brought us together, reconciled us, unified us back with himself through Christ. And the next part of that verse says, listen to this carefully. says, he gave us the ministry of reconciliation. Do you hear that? God gave us the ministry. Part of our ministry is reconciliation. Part of that is reconciling people to God, showing people that there's a God that loves them, showing people that they can turn their hearts over to Jesus and trust him. But part of that is reconciling ourselves to other people. Part of that is helping reconcile maybe brothers who haven't spoken in eight years. God's given us a ministry of reconciliation. know I don't know where anybody's at I mean I've been through this time and time again where God says you know what there's somebody you need to go be reconciled with and it's hard it's humbling I had it happen at work one day face to face with a guy and I I had to say guy was mad at me for years and I had to say can I talk to you in my office you know that incident three or four years ago I probably could have handled that better and I just need to ask your forgiveness hard to do that because what we want to do is say well I want to ask your forgiveness but I only did that because of what you did and I wanted to tell him that but that's not reconciling that's putting my junior Holy Spirit badge back on be reconciled if you're here today maybe God's speaking to you and as we've been talking about this God's laying somebody on your heart I just have one word of advice Go. Go. Go be reconciled. Go call that person. Go text that person. Go write a letter. Get in your car. Get on an airplane. Do whatever you have to do to be reconciled. It's a priority with God. It should be a priority with us. You know, as we close, if you're here today and, you know, maybe... You're hearing all this talk about turning your life over to Jesus and, and how he sends his Holy Spirit into us and gives us power and power to overcome the struggles and the pain and the addiction in our lives. And maybe you've never done that. So I wanna take a minute just before I close, I wanna ask everybody to just close your eyes and bow your head if you would. And just don't bother anybody around you. Let, let God speak to people if you're here today and you've never made that decision to trust Jesus, i want to say a prayer and just repeat this prayer and you can repeat it quietly to yourself. You don't have to say it out loud. God knows your heart. Just say, Father in heaven, thank you for sending your son Jesus to die on the cross for me and to pay the price for my sins. And today, August 31st, 2019, I accept that free gift from you. And I want to ask you to come into my life and to shape me and to mold me and to change me and to empower me to become more like Jesus every day. And help me, Lord, to be reconciled to the people I need to be reconciled with. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, people. God bless you, and may we all go out. If God's speaking to you, be reconciled. Amen.
0: I was, um, I have a three year old son, Phineas, and we were having a conversation some months ago, working on the whole money thing. I laid out, you know, some coins and a dollar bill and whatnot, and I, you know, we had the whole conversation that every kid has, right, where you have 20 pennies that you know are worth more than the dollar bill, right, more, there's more of them, and they're, you know, they're heavier, they're more valuable, so we're having this conversation about what is more valuable, right, teaching him this is the more valuable thing, right, and of course, in just a couple years, he will understand very clearly uh, the whole money thing. Um, in our own walks with the Lord, uh, we often uh, look at things and don't fully account for really how valuable one thing is over another. Following Jesus, forgiving others, walking in the power of the gospel and in forgiveness, it's not just, it's not a, like repentance and owning that portion. It's not a hard thing. It's actually an easy thing. The comparison is something teeny tiny compared with the greatness and goodness of God. So now is the time. If, when Bill was sharing, people came to mind that you, uh, uh, that you need to reconcile with or there's anger that you have not taken care of in your heart, that is mere pennies to being free in Jesus, it's thousands and thousands and thousands infinitely worth it. Amen. Awesome. So tonight, all the normal stuff is going on. We got youth group, junior high, senior high. We got house church. You can talk with uh, uh, your point on that. And if you want to work on this whole forgiveness thing and you're thinking, "Ah, I'm not sure what to do, our very last fresh start of uh, our whole ministry year comes to a close this Tuesday night. If you want to come, it's going to be fantastic. We're hearing from Daniel Weiser. Then we have Matt Noble uh, teaching with us. So it's going to be great. Love to see you guys there. We don't officially end. Until 12:30 so stick around you can help pull the chairs down help with the curtains or hang out and say hi to someone have a fantastic sunny sunday spring day god bless you